You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield, and joining me this week is Tina Amini. Me and, and my cat. What's her cat's name? Lion. And L- Lion is joining us. Justin Davis. <laughs> and Sam Claiborne. Hey, everybody. And we've got a great show for you this week. We're going to talk about some important new release dates. We're going to talk about some a uh, couple really cool games that are out this week. But first... Assassin's Creed Valhalla is uh, finally officially announced. The long, long rumored Viking entry in the Assassin's Creed series. Hopefully everyone got a chance to watch the cinematic trailer. Uh, any any sort of first impressions on what we've seen so far? I feel bad for the uh, English. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to sympathize with them there. <laughs> They're getting slaughtered by very, very mean Vikings. Okay, so there were two scenes in that cinematic trailer that I really liked that reminded me of scenes of uh, other movies and such. Mm. One was um, when the main protagonist's uh, friend, his buddy, gets like impaled twice, but he's still beating down uh, the enemy force. And it felt very much like the Boromir scene Mm. in Mm. Fellowship of the Ring, if you know what I'm talking about. No spoilers. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, I guess that is a spoiler inherently. Sorry if you haven't seen that movie. Um, And then the other one... Uh, it could be fine based on what you just said. He could be totally true. Fine. Yeah, I mean, yep. he was fighting until the just, end. Just two arrows. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then there's the you. You guys have seen Gladiator. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the Emperor uh, when he's like just his whole demeanor, uh, the sort of like petulant king demeanor. Mm-hmm. Uh, that also was very reminiscent. Anyway, Watch I like Phoenix. I think yeah. I spent a lot of time like doing the cool thing where they you know made a game that I want to play that's about Vikings. And then, like, they're like, but also it's an Assassin's Creed game. And they would yeah. start slipping that stuff in, like the bird, and then, of course, the uh, stabby wrist. 
it was really cool how they did that. And I would totally play that game if it was just about Vikings. That's a point. That's the point I wanted to make. Like, I wonder, is it time for these games <laughs> to move away from Assassin's Creed? Yeah, no more future. Like, or just yeah. like, they just, yeah. it doesn't need to be. I don't want to walk around an office. It doesn't yeah. need to be an Assassin's Creed game. Like it can be an open world action RPG Viking game. You know, it's like it's almost like when they started with AC Origins and Odyssey, they kind of they could have started a new franchise with those games. Because <laughs> the games are great. I'm sure this game's gonna be gonna be amazing, but like this Viking is an assassin. He's part of this <laughs> historic this assassin's guild, and he's got the hidden blades. Like, come on, man. But look, that hidden blade saved his life. So maybe the Assassin's <laughs> Creed life is the way. <laughs> It's just like it gets less and less believable. It doesn't that, so in it these doesn't new settings. Me. Like I, I really love the new style of Assassin's Creed. Um, I, you know, Origins I wasn't as taken with, but Odyssey is one of my favorite games of this generation. So you. you know, for me, it's like great. Like bring it on, another big open world action RPG. But I have seen an undercurrent of like people that miss the old style of Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Why did I, I kind of heard that 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 take too is like oh this is the, looks like it's more like the old Assassin's Creed and then I read our articles about it and I still don't really get that it still seems like RPG Assassin's Creed. Oh no no it is I'm saying people miss that like people that's something yeah, I'm sure. seeing about Valhalla they're like this looks cool but we miss the old thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny because I guess you can take the interpretation of what makes an Assassin's Creed series a little differently. Um, like they're obviously incorporating some new elements uh, and some older elements that were new to the series at the time, like naval combat is making a return, but that was an element that like people appreciated about the series as it was evolving. So the future stuff, it is very much a part of the series, but it wasn't one that I necessarily loved or looked to the series for. So um, if that is what makes Assassin's Creed an Assassin's Creed series, like I don't, I don't know that that's the thing that we should be valuing over something like the elements of exploration, the elements of like overtaking certain areas and kind of like embedding yourself in this open world game. That's really uh, got a heavy RPG element to it too. That feels more Assassin's Creed to me. Yeah. Yeah. I know that there are, there's a a contingent of fans that actually do like the story and and the modern day trappings and they like following all that, but the developers have even made it. So like, if you don't care about that, you hardly even notice it when you play (laughs) these recent games. It's fallen off since three. Three was like the height of it. Yeah. People were searching Desmond all the time when we were writing that guide and like really mm-hmm. talking about it and stuff. And then like it really trailed off. Yeah. You play, like in Odyssey in particular, like you play that game for like 20 hours and then it pulls you back into the <laughs> modern day. I'm like, oh, I forgot all about this. Yeah. 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 It's like these brief interruptions, <laughs> little intermissions. Yeah. Um, the, Did you guys uh, see the, uh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. The uh, we had an interview with the uh, you know I think it's the director. I apologize, yeah. but a member of the development staff, and uh, they really, really are playing up in this game that you're going to build a settlement and you're mm-hmm. going to build new buildings in your settlement, and those buildings are going to unlock new characters. That uh, he he really went out of his way to emphasize that they're not going to be afterthoughts. You're really going to care about them, and they're going to be interesting. And each thing that you add onto your settlement at settlement is going to add new gameplay and like. That's my complete video game guilty pleasure. It's my favorite thing to do in any game is like build up a home and a base in a game where it's not actually like a base building game. Like <laughs> that's that's the reason I love Dragon Age Inquisition so much. Um, the so, best part of the whole settlement aspect is that you can actually construct certain specific buildings in your settlement. And then mm-hmm. that obviously expands the range of uh, resources that are available to you, activities that are available to you. But I'm just like, so it's like a tower defense Assassin's Creed game. I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah, I just, I love, that's like, that's like such a sucker for just for me personally, any game that has that I'm in. What, didn't Assassin's Creed 2 
have like a, yeah. a base building? Like you had like a estate yeah. that you built up? Not to well, yeah, they they've dabbled with it a little. It was the one after that. Uh, Brotherhood was the one. Maybe it was too. The one where you had the big villa, and yeah. then you yeah. built it up over time. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys uh, see the uh, perhaps? I I don't even know. What do you call bull shots when you don't know if they're if they're real or not? I guess they're. Oh, I thought those the screenshots are absolute bull shots. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, let's call them maybe shots for now. But um, <laughs> they they uh, maybe screenshots. But um, they look amazing. And yeah. uh, those are like they, you know because we the, well, cinematic trailer. You know, if you don't know, is like just CG that somebody made that's supposed to hype you for the game. And Assassin's Creed is famous for those. Those are bull trailers, right? They're they're nothing to do with the game. They're just supposed to give you the vibe of the game, if anything but mainly just make you excited. So they released a handful of screenshots, and one of them is the coolest thing I've ever seen. It's this, like, wood Norwegian palace with, like, northern lights behind it and, like, you know, this, like, path, like, up rock to it. It looks like the coolest scene in The Witcher ever or something. Like, it's just, like, total fantasy-looking. I love it. I'm gonna gonna try to bring it up here. Whoa. You don't have that technology. Oh, I think. Okay. Um, All right, let's see if I can make this work here. I'm gonna try to share my screen. Is it? And I was trying to peek around those. Yeah. Is that the uh, image you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. This this is the screen that I thought looked most like a screenshot, and it has a very like stylized look to it. I hope the game looks like this. Mm -hmm. They look like paintings, and so either the game is actually not you know straight realistic and through you know filter other artistic means they actually are making it a little more painterly, or those screenshots are just (laughs) fake as hell. Mm -hmm. So we will see. I mean. in some of the others, like the camera's not even like behind the, your character, so it's like yeah. there's no yeah, way that can be a screenshot. Like the, there's also the that one Red Dead Two trailer where they were saying like like a lot of the fan community was pushing back and saying that they wanted gameplay, and then Rockstar came out and said actually all of that is gameplay. We it just is played gameplay. like we just played with the camera and pulled it up in certain respects because people were using the camera angle uh, as a sort of defense that it wasn't gameplay. So That's they could have just tweaked with stuff. That's Dev true. tools. Yeah. That's true. That's I, uh, a good point. I know that like there's going to be naval combat, which people like, but again, like without cannons, I don't think that's really that exciting for me. But uh, well, I, 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 what? In Odyssey, they had like flaming spears. I know. Yeah. I just didn't think. I don't know the cannons, man. <laughs> Got to have cannons, broadsides. It's fun. Uh, but I can picture what it's going to be, and I was wondering like if it has like you know Northern England and, and Ireland and stuff, and then that's the places you attack. But then it'll probably have Sweden and Norway, and then I bet it'll have Iceland as like a, a place that'll look just like Death Stranding, which will be pretty funny to have. But I wonder if it'll have the Americas on the other side, which I think uh, would be really cool. That's a rumor. Is it? Well, that you may, like, you know, for one or two missions may, like, a lot of Assassin's Creeds have, like, a, it'll pop mm-hmm. you into somewhere else for, like, you know, a section of the game and then let you yeah. return. It's not, like, a core focus. Hmm. Yeah, I think that'd be really neat. Mm-hmm. Fifteen studios are working on this game. It's <laughs> insane. How else are you going to get it? studios, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Ubisoft I is known for borrowing from their other studios to support, sure. but that still seems unprecedented. Yeah, I thought so too. Uh, and then uh, Ubisoft Montreal, I believe, is uh, is the lead the lead studio working on it. I also thought it was interesting that this trailer is bookended with Xbox Series X branding. Yeah, Seems yeah, like a next gen game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like they've aligned with Microsoft for like marketing purposes, yeah. and that's it's entirely possible there could be some sort of exclusive exclusive items in the Xbox version of the game. But I think this is the first time we've seen a third party game sort of you know align itself with either Sony or Microsoft. That's the trickiest marketing. It's like, it's like naming a ballpark after a bank. 
it's like it's 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 so silly it's like you get through the whole trailer you know it's on every system and then it just says xbox at the end it doesn't say anything about like exclusive stuff on the xbox it doesn't say anything about like this looks better on xbox they just like just kind of limply trot out the xbox logo i think that's so silly and it probably costs so much money i know yeah that's why i think it's interesting it's called synergy sam it's total synergy (laughs) it's kind of i think it's like another example of Sony kind of letting Microsoft dominate the next gen conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, think- I mean they've been more prepared to come out uh, outright with this stuff, and we just learned that there's going to be an inside Xbox next week too. So they're just like you know one after the other, knocking them out of the park. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then finally, it, it's been given a holiday 2020 release window. Do you think it, does that make you think it'll be a launch game for next gen consoles? Oh. Good question. Because the holiday to me means after October, November or December. Yeah. So when is when is when did when was Watch Dogs three delayed to? It's like before their fiscal year, whatever. So it could be any time before next March, I believe, or April. So my like they have to keep those two games away from each other is yeah. what I think in Ubisoft's head. So then it's sort of like you know I don't know like is Watch Dogs going to be early like the kickoff of Q four and then like maybe Assassin's Creed to follow in November like. I don't know. Um, I I think it's like if they have the opportunity to say, like, do we want this to be a launch game or not? Like, they're definitely going to say, like, yeah, we want this to be a launch game, right? I mean, isn't that like you get see those pictures of people with their like first system and they're like, and I got these six games, you know, like it's like that's like such an exciting thing to be a part of. It reminds They're me not of, usually at launch, though. That is that is interesting. I remember like Assassin's Creed 3's like remake was at launch for Wii U, and I think it helped it a lot. Like that's like a really funny thing to think that Wii U pushed anything, but you know, Assassin's Creed Three got reissued for it right then. Black Flag was cross gen, like this yeah. game is, and yeah. you know that was my first, like that was the game I played on my launch PS4, even though it was mm. also available on last gen. Mm-hmm. So you know, I sort of that seems similarish to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, you know, one wrinkle there is like the Xbox version actually is buy once and play anywhere right mm-hmm. so you know maybe you could start on your xbox one and then move to your series x if you know it came out you know whatever a week later you know whatever it might be i think it's really yeah. funny that damon i've heard you say this several times in meetings and stuff that you're like the holiday season you're like well that doesn't that does that means it can't be a launch game because to you damon the holiday season clearly starts maybe what is it after thanksgiving yeah thanksgiving like thanksgiving so thanksgiving's not a holiday for you no, it is. No, you saying Thanksgiving. Yeah. What about Halloween? That is a holiday. Okay. But it's not the holidays. <laughs> Just like <laughs> the 4th of July is a holiday. Independence Day is a holiday, but it's not part of the holidays. Mm. Okay. So, okay. All right. So, Do we have to have the day off for it to be a holiday? Because then Halloween is yes. a holiday. Mm-hmm. We don't oh, get yeah. Halloween off. We should, should be. That. <laughs> we should get Halloween how, off. You know, I mean, summer movies are coming out in April. The whole thing's well, made up. Yeah. Yeah. Time doesn't matter anymore right now. No, it certainly doesn't. That's a good point. Although, (laughs) man, our Halloween episode is going to be really strange. Yeah. We can can still pull off co-op mages. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I want to do co-op mages this year. Big bushy wizard beard. We'll just order everything now so that it comes in time from Amazon. Seriously. Seriously. Non-essential purchases. I have a really cute mage outfit in Animal Crossing. Yeah, me too. I got a, a mage's hat, and I get people call it a witch's hat, and I correct them every time. <laughs> Dear sir, I, I must correct you. It's a, oh, it's a mage's hat. I know. 
Yeah, well, that's, actually, exactly, that's exactly how it goes. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, we've got new release dates for both The Last of Us Part Two and Ghosts, Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, it turns out The Last of Us Part Two's indefinite delay was about two and a half weeks. It now arrives on June 19th. <laughs> so maybe for such a short delay, calling it uh, delayed <laughs> indefinite. indefinitely was maybe a little dramatic. Premature, yeah. That came also like earlier this year, it had its release date announced and then delayed like a week later. <laughs> like, yeah. like, why? I mean, to be fair, I assume there's a level of um, people anticipating uh, or projecting like how much this work from home scenario is going to be impacting mm-hmm. them. And it ends up being a bit of an overcorrection where people have to kind of dial it back and, and recognize yeah. that. But I do sure. want to have been a fly on the wall in those meetings and oh, understand yeah. the context of like, there's no way this thing is going to be ready considering where the game is at or maybe like where people are at in their work from home setup or where certain marketing beats are at or where budgets are at. Like what was the issue that made them think it should be an indefinite delay uh, that clearly was an overprojection. <laughs> or what about this? They could have delayed it for, until the ghost, the new ghost state, just arbitrarily, right? Like they yeah. would have had a couple extra weeks to work on it. But instead, they're like, they're like, bam, we're taking over this slot. <laughs> it yeah, is like interesting. The, the new ghost state is July seventeenth. Uh, in case you hadn't heard, and it is interesting that that game, which presumably could have arrived on time, just has to get out of the way of the Last of Us Part Two. But maybe yeah. we didn't hear about their indefinite delay. I mean, yeah, maybe. Maybe. maybe they actually coordinated. <laughs> oh gosh, I didn't want to think about that. <laughs> we, uh, one other possibility, and we, you know, we talked about it on GameScoop at the time, was that you know that's a game that is about a pandemic sweeping the globe, and that the delay may have been like, like maybe we yeah. don't want to be launching this game right now, and then enough yeah. time passed that they're like, nah. Yeah, it seems fine actually. Yeah, it seems fine actually. Like. That's a, I think there's a non-small chance that like it's actually not to do with his development as much as like just the audience sentiment. Yeah. So I'm gonna do the segment called "Say Something Nice About This Topic," which is one okay. of my favorite things to do. Uh, yeah. We're getting two amazing games, hopefully amazing yeah. summer. The games yeah. we're anticipating a lot, and we never get summer games. Just a and month. Summer's gonna too. suck, so it's so good. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I'm really excited for like, that. Having announcements like Assassin's Creed today mm-hmm. and then games to look forward to and talk about, like it's mm-hmm. exciting to have lots of things to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. So with Last of Us Part 2 coming on June 19th, I think the real question is, is a week going to be enough time for everyone to finish it before Mr. Driller Drill Land? <laughs> well, isn't that, is that a Switch game? Yeah. You can play them at the same time. That's true. Those are the rules. Uh-huh. Second screen experience. Yeah, well, you gotta I mean, give up Animal Crossing then. Nope. Yeah, well, maybe if you have a Switch Lite. Animal there Crossing. You go. Those are the new Crossing. rules. Yeah, we just prop everything in front of us now. Mm-hmm. All the screens. Sam said it best a couple weeks ago where Animal Crossing is just email. It doesn't count as a video game. <laughs> it's just email? You yeah, literally you wake up and you check it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you literally check your email every day or your yeah. mail every day. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Um, I, I've been trying to do a little bit of Animal Crossing. Uh, well, we're, I know we're going to talk about what you've been playing, but like during the load times in, in Final Fantasy, which aren't that bad. So now I'm kind of looking forward to the last couple months of load times. I, I'm, mm. you know, I'm like, well, if I had a few more load times, I'd, I'd be able to mine more iron. <laughs> I read a uh, uh, one of my guilty pleasures is I like to read the relationship advice subreddit where people are just oh. asking for advice and then people yeah. weigh in on like what you they can just ask do. here. 
Yeah. <laughs> the games group, Damon may have some experience with that. That's um, true. Uh, That's true. This, uh, Damon hosted of, a podcast about that, just so I want to make, explain Justin's joke. So mm-hmm. it wasn't anything like unclear about that. Yeah. So briefly ran um, a video series for advice, and it frequently was relationship related. That's right. That's right. You got two experts here. Two experts. Sorry. Uh, all right, let's bring it back. No, it's fine. Like, so there's the, the thing that I like most about it is like it's the most minor. Like, my girlfriend forgot to do this, or my boyfriend did this insensitive thing, and all the comments. So I say, dump them. <laughs> so, every time. But like the thing that no, I no, like, I'm sure I'm sure they say lawyer up. Yeah. <laughs> does, does the first dump them get all the votes? Lawyer. Yeah. Um, and uh, this lawyer up gets all the votes. They got in an argument, and um, then she, you know, took a shower to cool off. And when she came out of the shower, he was on her switch, and it had messed up her whole island. Had like, like on her, had like picked all her flowers, and like chopped down all her trees, and like terraformed everything. Wow. I don't know. And Tina, then, good. I can't good. believe it. Like, so on the one hand, it's just a video game, but on the other hand, like the level of sociopathy to like yeah. go out of your way to open someone's game and like I cut down all your trees. Their, yeah, their digital space was unbelievable to me. Unless they're yeah. 12, in which case it just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how you get your anger out. Yeah. Um, it, it, do you think I'm okay to tell the story about uh, the Animal Crossing preview that we went to? Uh, yeah, why not? Yeah, I think so. Okay. What, what um, about it? Well, so... Uh, <laughs> you may have already told this story, but... Oh, was it about how they wouldn't let me mess up the town? You, yeah, I think yeah. you mentioned that at our PAX panel, which we, we oh, ended up okay. publishing, yeah. Okay, because it was the same idea where this person was like, you know, like you're playing this town, this demo in my town, and I was yeah. I, at the time I thought you could go, <laughs> I thought you could root for animals and get them kicked out, which is not the case. That's not how you get animals kicked out of your town. Although you can't get them kicked out, uh, and so I was going up and talking to that, and I was like going through the dialogue, and like please, please stop, please, please, please yeah. stop it, please stop saying no, please, please, please back out of that, please stop. <laughs> yeah, because the person, the Nintendo employee who was giving the demo you were playing her save file her save file that's yeah. why that's that why. was yeah. the story we got but that yeah. might have been a uh, a kind of a a flourish of of uh, maybe a way to ex- a creative way to explain like don't don't do things that are not you know that are under embargo yeah. or something like that i have no idea i don't know i mean do you think maybe they maybe they time traveled and they want to wanted to hide that fact and so just pretended like it was well, these long the reason i'm saying that mainly, island. <laughs> the reason i'm mainly saying that is it was on three different switches yeah that's a fair and point we jumped, we jumped from one <laughs> week in in one three weeks in and then a month in uh, by them like unplugging and plugging and something like behind a little curtain so I couldn't see what was going on I was like what, what are you guys doing back there They're like oh there's three switches uh, okay let's move on but we're going to stick with the switch uh, I thought this was super cool this week a Neo Geo pocket color game was released on switch this week explain what the Neo Geo pocket color is Damon uh, it was a, a short-lived handheld made by SNK, uh, the Neo Geo company, and I think it was like in the late '90s, early 2000s. Um, so like color screen, color it, looks screen. Like, it looks like the Game Gear. The Neo Geo Pocket was was black and white, like the Game Boy. Oh wait, yeah, sorry, the Pocket was black and white. And then they made a, a a color version. My favorite thing about the Neo Geo Pocket Color is they released a Neo Geo Pocket, which was black and white, and then yeah. very very soon after released yeah. the Pocket. It color. was like the same year, I think. Yeah. <laughs> 
that's like the pro model or that's like the the models we get to can you imagine if you got an xbox one series or xbox series x and then one was black and white yeah it's yeah. cheaper it's cheaper to do that. You just, if you want the black and white one it's available the uh it's like it's like very slightly less powerful than a gba or like in between a game boy color and a gba i would say yeah so did you hear about this game on switch Mm-hmm. No, the, what the girl, the gal girl fighting game? It's called Gals Fighters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gals Fighters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the game is it, when it's presented on the Switch, it's framed by the uh, Neo Geo Pocket Color on screen, so it kind of looks like you're holding that. I think it's awesome. I've actually never played this game, but I read up on it, and people say it's a really like really fun, solid fighting game. And I, I just hope this is like the start of a new trend of obscure Neo Geo Pocket Color games getting. Really is that an SNK Switch. game? Yeah. Okay. It's like so. It's like uh, yes, SNK. Female SNK fighters from various games, like what fighting history is that uh, in the collection? Samurai Showdown. No, there's nothing. Neo Geo. There's no Neo Geo games in the SNK. Well, I don't want to say that for sure. But there's a, there's certainly no Neo Geo Pocket games in the SNK 40th anniversary collection. Mm-hmm. Okay, is is it River City Ransom esque? I know you just said it was fighting game characters, or is it a fighter? It's a fighter, like one on one. Okay, fighting game. That's super cool. Let's talk about what we've been playing. I've I'm still slowly making my way through Final Fantasy VII remake. Did anyone else finish? No, no one's finished. Okay, I finished no, a boss battle. Cool, but I've yeah, been putting uh, off forever. I just got through a haunted train station. Yeah, I'm, I'm just getting through there now. We're all in the same spot. We're all playing through it fairly slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of comments last week that hey, finish the game and then come back and your opinion of it will change. And I'll have you know. That since I don't give a crap about the lore story of that game, <laughs> I'm fully spoiled on the ending. Like, gotcha. I'm completely read up and understand everything that's like happening because you know it's just not important to me. But you know, because people are playing through it, I'm clearly not going to spoil anything for that. But we reported on like, didn't Nomura say like something about how this will uh, that he didn't change the story? There was a story today that. that he's he's not completely changing the story moving forward. Okay, okay, so in this game, maybe. <laughs> Yeah. For disc two. Yeah. For disc two. Um, and, and five and six and seven. Uh, I don't, yeah, this is going to be in the end of this game, the way this is going, it's going to be a, maybe a 450 hour game. <laughs> the way we're playing it. <laughs> yeah. Especially the way we're playing it. And I know, I, I, I actually know somebody who platinumed it already, which seems like unfathomable to me. I mean, I can't even believe that. But I love the pace I'm playing with. I still look forward to playing it every night. I have no mm-hmm. problem with that. I put in a couple hours. Like, it's going great. Like, I like, I like the, 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 the play sessions that we, I have. Where are you, Damon? Uh, like I said, still moving slowly. I think I'm in Chapter 6. That's not that slow. What did yeah. you just fight? Um, a lot of... I, I did went through the thing where you infiltrate. You have to like sneak into the base, and you fight, have the fight with the motorcycle guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have a couple fights with him, and then I'm you a had the pizza bit, party. I'm a little bit, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm past that part. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Damon's still pretty early on because he's still in Midgar. Yeah, yep. Uh, well, <laughs> that's very funny. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, I've been playing a lot of up uh, man. I already know the comments are going to be mean because I get accused of not liking AAA games, even though I play and like almost all of them. But uh, I've been playing a lot of like casual PC games. Like it popped into my head one day that like I was like, oh yeah, I remember Diner Dash. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I've been looking up and playing a bunch of games like that. Like uh, I remember playing the Xbox Live arcade version of Diner Dash. 
they're totally good and they're totally more hardcore than people think they are. Like getting the gold medal time and the three star time or whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it. Like it takes a lot of like multitasking skill and like these sorts of chill out games are what's appealing to me at this moment. So like mm -hmm. I'm splitting my time between games like 12 Labors of Hercules and Hero of the Kingdom and stuff like that when I'm not playing Final Fantasy. Mm. And I think that they are underrated and get a bad rap. What about Picross S4? Well, hold on. Before we go on, that Diner Dash game, every time you say that, I think of this very expensive, rare NES game called Panic Restaurant, which is such Ooh. a good name. <laughs> that is a really good name. Sounds yeah. like a bad translation of Diner Dash. Yeah, exactly. I always think, of like, oh, is that the English version of... No, no, the English version is just Panic Restaurant. Um, the, yeah. the Japanese name is Wanpaku Kokun no Gourmet World. Ooh. Mm. Um, oh my goodness, uh, yes. box art. Isn't that great? Do you want to throw it up on Still Store? Yep. Here we go. <laughs> it's, got a, it's got a big scary face. I wish you would have asked me to, to, to explain this one from memory. <laughs> because I can't even explain it looking right at it. There's a there's a decapitated chef. Oh my goodness! Oh. I mean, he is panicking. He's yeah. It's, it's total chaos. Yeah. There's a, a chicken that's running away. There's a giant carrot that's peering behind the curtains. Uh, a sexy In a carrot. concerned fashion. Yeah. 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 And there's and then, then there's a very very crazy hot dog in the upper left. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of panic going on in this box art. And then there's just a jello jello mold all the on the ground there because for no reason the jello mold has legs. Yeah, of course it does. Right. Okay. All right. That um, might be a hint of the gameplay. Hmm. It reminds me of like a parallel universe. Like you know, we've all laughed and made fun of the weird, bizarre like Mega Man and Pac Man boxes there are. Yeah, like there's yeah. a parallel universe where like we're on Panic Restaurant 15 right now, and then Pac Man is the game that's like been lost to the sands of time. <laughs> <laughs> I've also been playing Streets of Rage 4. Yeah, and it's awesome. It? It's awesome. I love it. Really? It's like, yeah, it's so fun. It's such a cool homage. Uh, you can tell that the developers are big fans of the series. I haven't played just a straight brawler in so long that it feels mm -hmm. really refreshing, even though it's not really doing anything new gameplay-wise, but it has a really cool, uh, a more modern, like, hand-drawn art style that I love. The animation's great. It's just I super fun. Super well our made. reviewer said that, like, it didn't make that, like, you know, stretch as like a next gen brawler and it really yeah. relies on being an old school brawler but two things about that one is that castle crashers made that stretch and it's like the only brawler i've liked in a long time besides maybe mm -hmm. the warriors the rockstar game <clears throat> and i like it when people are stretching the brawler genre i think it's really cool but it's it's fine i should check this one out but the other thing is that we put up a uh, guide for this mm -hmm. where um these these like really secret unlockable levels Mm -hmm. And it was so cool. Like I edited that guide and I was like really interested in that. And I, I thought that was like, a, there seems to be a lot of cool secret stuff in the game. And I thought that was like a, yeah. a good thing to put in there. Yeah. You can unlock more characters. You can unlock retro pixel art characters. Mm -hmm. uh, I really like, there's a point system uh, and the points matter because that's how you get extra lives. Cool. Uh, like while you're playing through level, it'll say like, you'll say like 2000 more points to go for an extra life. So that incentivizes you to try and rack up combos and you can find uh, bags of money and like, you know, trash cans mm -hmm. and stuff that will lift your score. So that's really cool. And then your, your accumulated points across every, all, the whole game that you've played. Uh, that's how you unlock these new characters and levels. Cool. And stuff. It's Man, awesome. I like it when you play through a game and at the end of the game, it unlocks a point scoring mode. Um, yeah. Resident Evil three kind of does that, but uh, halo three, I remember had a really cool arcade mode like that, where you could accrue yeah. points and stuff like that. I thought that was really clever. Yeah. We, uh, oh yeah, go ahead. I just I want points to come back in video games. And it's funny, there's an era, like Mario 3 is the example that's popping into my mind, 
where the points don't do anything. Like they just don't, they, they serve no purpose, but like games had to have them. It was just a thing in video games. Yeah. And so you just accumulated them for nothing before they finally decided to just cut it. Like I want Assassin's Creed Valhalla to just, I just want you to score points. People. And it's just I there. Mind, in the I wouldn't mind being able to spin them too. Yeah. Well, um, it's like rankings after a, a, like a shooter match um, right. or like, you know, S rankings for, for uh, combat, that kind of thing still sort of exists. Yeah. yeah. It does, uh, and there's leaderboards for legitimate games with point score, right? Like, that still exists. But the funny thing that, that Justin brings up is that in Mario, if you just played Mario every day for the rest of your life, you would have the highest score in Mario on Earth because it, it, you just play through the game again. It just loops with the same yeah. score. It's, it's crazy. I think that's so funny. So the only purpose of that score, I, maybe only Mario 1 does that, actually. I don't know if 3 does. I'll look into that. But the best thing about scores in those games is that you could ride into Nintendo Power and you could get on the high score charts because that's what leaderboards were then. They were yeah. in the magazine, in print, and it was like, so-and-so in Kentucky has the highest score in Tetris. It's pretty cool. A uh, couple things about Street Rage 4. When you pick up food off the ground, it makes the same sound as Pac-Man when uh, Pac-Man eats fruit. It's like the, oh, really? Ooh, like the, you would. Oh yeah, it's really really good. And then uh, the second level is in a police station because you get you get arrested presumably. And then there's a uh, uh, a prison break, and you have to be, not only do you beat up all the prisoners, you also have to beat up all the policemen. Uh, yeah. And then one of the one of the like mid bosses is named Murphy, and I'm going to assume that's a RoboCop reference because RoboCop uh, is Agent Murphy. Okay. Well, it's not called Streets of Calm. That's right. <laughs> that is absolutely right. Anyone I else got play? a full on laugh out loud from Dina there? Anyone Tom else restaurant. playing anything <laughs> else? Restaurant, exactly. Uh, Sam, I have watched three quarters of the BC Boys documentary. Oh, nice. Yeah. I was going to offer to do a watch party with you for that. I'm watching Babylon Berlin, and I finished the newest season of it, and it is so good. Okay, good. So I've, good. I, I've only watched the first two episodes, and it's a little bit like, what? So I know, it's I, hard to am catch I, up. Am I still supposed to care about the train? Does yeah. the train still matter? <laughs> Yeah, the Nazi train. Oh, you, but you'll catch up right away. And then um, there's a, uh, I, I always sell the series. It's the most expensive series ever made in Germany, or the most expensive entertainment thing. It looks amazing. It's like Star Wars, uh, 1930s tech. Uh, but in this, in this last season, the first season, there was the best car chase I've ever seen in my entire life uh, with the uh, craziest uh, scene ever. What? Because the uh, second season car has crash. the best car crash. That's what I mean. It's the yeah. second, first and second season are combined. Okay, yeah. Uh, on Netflix. So this season has uh, just an absolutely insane one-on-one character chase with, uh, I'll, I'm not going to give anything away, but it has a wall of spikes scene, which is a very video like, game. Like Indiana Jones? I won't go into too much detail, <laughs> but watch for that. It okay. is crazy. It's crazy. Cool. Just one of the coolest things committed to film. I, I just, okay. just can't wait for you to see it. Babylon Berlin is awesome. Mm-hmm. Let's check in with the listeners. Hi. Hey. Listeners, remember you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Nathan did. Nathan says, I'm a longtime viewer, big fan of the show. I grew up playing the NES and SNES the most, and I still can remember the tunes in games like Super Mario Brothers, Legend of Zelda, Mega Man, Ninja Gaiden, etc. But with modern games, I couldn't tell you a song from something that I played last week. Do you think something was lost when consoles changed from chip tunes to orchestral soundtracks? I've noticed a similar thing that's happened with movies, where they mostly have stopped creating theme songs, and I find myself missing tracks like Danny Elfman's Batman theme and John Williams' Indiana Jones theme, for example. What are your thoughts about this? 
Well, they still do theme songs for TV shows. Yeah, like Game of Thrones is a very That's true. Yeah. theme song, yeah. right? Exactly. I think he's uh, I think he's attributing the reason he can't remember modern music to the wrong thing. I think mm-hmm. it has more to do with the fact that those old games had 45 seconds of music that you listen to for 100 hours over the course yeah, of yeah. years and years. Yeah. yeah. Is that, I, I wanted to bring that up. Is that driving you guys crazy in Final Fantasy VII? It drives me absolutely crazy. What What does? They took the music from the the PlayStation game, and they orchestrated it, but a lot of those songs in the PlayStation game loop about as fast as, it, as a, an NES game. Even though they had a CD to do Redbook audio on, they could make it all fancy, they didn't, they loop their songs really fast. So, like, the battle music is all great and everything, but there's some of the stuff, like, uh, the wall market music, it's so annoying. And it, it sounds like this, like, weird, like, Casino Zone Sonic the Hedgehog music, and it loops so fast. And Because I'll, I'll pause my game and play Animal Crossing for a little bit, and I'm like, God, this music's driving me crazy. It's uh, well, I, I, sorry, Tina. Go ahead. I was just gonna say each location has a different mm-hmm. song, so like some of them are a little bit more repetitive than others. So it exactly. depends where you're pausing for a long time. Like I haven't noticed a lot of it, but mm-hmm. I don't do the pause play Animal Crossing thing all that often. Mm-hmm. I would say twenty um, percent of the reason I'm playing that game is for the music. So it's fine. and when it's good, it's good. I don't get me wrong. Like I love the battle music and I love some of the, the very when they reorchestrate Aeris theme and there's like all these new instruments on it and it's like really cool and they're playing it throughout a cutscene. That that's all great. But it gets locked in these little grooves that like when I was playing the Switch version just months ago, I was annoyed by that too. It was like it's it has some ba- it has some low points in music. But then again, I'm an FF6 music guy. So uh it is true that something was lost uh when consoles changed from what he calls chip tunes to orchestral soundtracks. Cause it used to be that video game consoles had a sound chip to that generated all the music for every single game. So it was like yeah. consoles had a house band that played the soundtrack to every mm-hmm. game that you played. And it had mm-hmm. a very similar sounding quality. So yeah, I, I do miss those days where, you know, every game on the NES sounds about the same. Yeah. Whereas like, now like, can, a, game soundtracks can sound like whatever. That's one of the earliest conversations I remember having about a video game. My grandfather was like, I, I have a Commodore 64. I was like you know, three or four years old, really, really young. And uh, he was you know, talking about how it has the best sound and like it has the best like sound chip in it and what is different from you know, the NES or whatever. I remember that conversation really well. And I, never, I couldn't really notice at the time. But now I notice when I hear a Commodore game, I can always recognize that it's a Commodore game. Yeah, for sure. Because of the, the tones That's it generates. And I have another funny fact. Uh, before... Uh, Atari invented their Pokey sound chip, which is in everything. Uh, like games like Pong, they don't have a sound chip, but they make sounds, and those are like totally accidental. It's like a it's like a chip uh, making a wave sound that they're just hooking up to a speaker. That's like it's just going back, back, <laughs> yeah, back like that. That that's like what an alarm clock kind of generates uh, when you don't you know have a computer inside of it. Like that's a very weird way of making sounds. It's really cool. Yeah, mechanical sound. I, you know, chip tunes. I don't know. Like they're really important to me, and like such a part of my youth, and definitely something I have a lot of nostalgia for. And it's been this is not like a new thing. You know, this has been a decade plus that it's been this way. But like that bleeding over into like more mainstream. Like that stuff has been all over the radio for a long time now. In like number one hits, and like you know, Lady Gaga and everyone else on Earth has like yeah. incorporated this like video game culture into broader pop culture, and like that brings me lot of joy and pleasure to see that stuff come through in a more like i don't know when we were growing up gaming wasn't what it was today right and like 
it's nice to see that as the young gamers have grown up into adults and creators that now that influence can be felt across, you know, popular music and other forms of art as well, in my opinion. There's also just like an inherent kind of um, like that nostalgia factor colors your perception of it because it's associated with memory. And so that's like deeply associated with emotions, too. So it inherently feels so much more impactful. Um, which is a good thing. Like it's it's nice to to recall things on that level and and kind of like recite a lot of those memories. But the at least the good thing about orchestral soundtracks these days is like it it makes for a more immersive setting where people are trying to match storylines and in, and environments and storytelling in general with beats and music. And you can tell like when a big boss battle is coming, or you can tell like when there's something really devastating happening on screen. So like as we get to a level of development where we can expand worlds and make it be this more believable lived in environment like music is part of that experience too so there's there's value to both and it is good as justin said that it still exists in a modern world in different uh, interpretations and in different media yeah i think um nintendo as i play more nintendo games with my daughter and she takes more of an interest in video games they're and i've talked about this a little on scoop before they're the company that's heads and tails the best at like you know presenting something new with something old and remixing something new and like playing um uh you know i don't know like mario odyssey as an example of like you go into the wall and then your 2d 8-bit mario and the music turns yeah. into chiptune mario then you pop back out and you're back in 3d like Hey, my five-year-old daughter, that confuses her deeply. <laughs> like she doesn't understand wow. what's going on. Like, but that's, that's just for me. Like, that's just for dad, right? And like they're a lot more playful with their history in a way that like I wish more video game companies were. Yeah. So many recent games have pop music beats. Uh Control has mm-hmm. that. Red Dead has that. Um, I, I'm trying to think if there's one other I just had in my mind uh, that we're just like, you know, suddenly a singer, or, well, Last of Us, I think it has this too, uh, this, a singer songwriter comes in or a theme song happens or something like that. I think that's like a, a really cool um, uh, a thing to do. And I haven't liked it too much. Death Stranding did a bunch of pop music. Um, I didn't like it so much in those games, but I, I was going to say, I love the idea of exposing artists using mm-hmm. games. And I think Grand Theft Auto 5, especially, but and then Vice City exposed me to a bunch of music that I would have yep. never heard otherwise because it had stations of bands I liked. And full disclosure, half of my band is in a band in Grand Theft Auto 5, um, it, which I love. And so that station is one of my favorite things. And so I thought that was really cool. But um, I uh, uh, really, really think that like it's it would be on a cool responsibility to take on to be like, oh, I can actually spread you know, people that are playing video games, maybe can introduce them to music, not necessarily orchestral, but uh, pop music. I think that's cool. Yeah. Now, Nathan also says, thanks for taking the time to read this. I have a 20 question suggestion specifically aimed for Sam. But in there. it's going to be a hard mode one. And there's a couple other things I want to get through in this episode. So we'll maybe we could circle around back at the very end, uh, even if it's just Sam that, that participates in that. Have we already but, mentioned the game? We have not. Okay, so it's not Panic Rush. <laughs> That counts as one question. It is not panic restaurant. Every couple of conversations, I'll ask you a question. (laughs) What we're going to do right now is take a look at the 2001 subscriber bonus for Nintendo Power. (laughs) What? Subscriber bonus? I guess you prep us for this? I, what do you, there's nothing to prep you for. <laughs> you can, I'm gonna, I can click on Damon's thing to make him bigger on your screen, by the way. That's mm. what I just did. That's I'll probably crashed my computer. I assume this was something that only subscribers to Nintendo Power can get. It would, but although, then again, that's the only way to get Nintendo Power, isn't it? Was that Wait, color of Advance available? 
that's what I was gonna. There's that Game Boy Advance seems fake as hell, and I think it's showing the N64 game Yoshi's Story in the screenshot instead of Yoshi's Island. That's, that's what we funny. call a bullshit. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely a bullshit. <laughs> this was like a big. The whole point of this issue was to get people hyped for the GBA. Uh, but I wanted to focus on this segment where the pro picks are supposed to pick uh, like uh, underappreciated games for recommendations. So sometimes great games and accessories go almost un- or just don't get the recognition they deserve until now, that is. So we surveyed 10 Nintendo Power and Nintendo Online staffers to unearth some overlooked gems from Nintendo platforms and present. Over- so, members, okay. Okay. so members of Nintendo Power and then I guess Nintendo Online was a, a separate editorial staff. Maybe. N64.com. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So Power Pro Drew Williams, he picked Rocket Robot on Wheels, and he says Sucker Punch's excellent title suffered from a glut of high-profile platform. I didn't know Sucker Punch made that game. I yeah. didn't either. The, I knew the they developer did the, of, the Sly stuff. Yeah, the developer of Ghost of Tsushima <laughs> made this N64 game. Uh, he also picks Harvest Moon 64. Warlocked, which uh, is a Game Boy game that I know Craig Harris reviewed. Um, Power Pro Chris Shepard. What did I want to highlight here? Oh, he also picked Rock, Rocket Robot on Wheels. Has anybody remember. played this game? I don't remember Apparently that being championed. To. Yeah. They Let me see say, if I reviewed it. They also <laughs> say Chris's job title, pre-press and design assistant, doesn't explain much. The plucky Scorpio spends most of his busy day playing games. Why did, the, why did they put <laughs> astronomy? I, I hate it. I hate it. Kill it. <laughs> So, you know, a lot of people have nostalgia for and love, you know, 3D platformers. I'm a huge fan, but, like, there's not actually that many, right? Like, there's Mario 64 and Banjo-Kazooie, and then you had, like, Spyro and Croc on PlayStation. So it's like Rocket is one of those games that existed in, like, yeah. the tier beneath the top tier, um, along with, like, you know, I don't know, like, community <laughs> We gave it a nine! Yeah. Rocket, ro- Rocket, Robot on Wheels? There you go. It sounds like we got it right. Who reviewed it? I'm finding out right now. I've Scared to look. Power Pro. Matt Casabacino, all right. Power Pro Jenny uh, picks the Game Boy camera and printer. Says it's amazing how many super cool things you can do with the Game Boy camera. Little movies, funny songs, wacky photos. Grab one, find the player's guide, and create. There's a player's guide for the Game Boy camera. Weird. That's cool. We've lost. I must have. Oh, you lost me? What? You were just, you were just, weren't. You were distracted. Oh, I was looking at my phone, so I was really still. Uh, I was going to read you a quote from the Rocket Rocket Robot on Wheels uh, okay. review, but you, you, you don't need to hear it at this point. It's fine. It's fine. It's, right. Let's move on. Power Pro Jason also picks the Game Boy camera. He says, I don't think most people understand even a third of what it can do. Hook it up to your Super Game Boy and use your VCR to record lo-fi, grainy, <laughs> full-motion video. The Whoa. DJ function is also incredibly detailed. Wait, I, I didn't know that. No, I want to record stuff. I, I mean, yeah, it probably looks awesome. Yeah, oh, it looks like a Beastie really, Boys video. Yeah. The the thought process I just went through is like, well, I know everything that thing can do. And then they listed two things I didn't know it could do. So I guess I was proven wrong. Power Pro Scott. It says, a gentleman and a scholar. Scott is Nintendo's foremost authority on Mountain Dew. In his 13 years with Nintendo, no one has seen him in a t-shirt without a video game logo on it. So there are some real veterans working at Nintendo Power. Okay. What, what did his... What were his T-shirts in 1987? I know. So if this cool. is 2001. Or he's been there for 13 years. So, he's, yeah, he yeah. started at Nintendo in 88. I want those T-shirts. Wow. That was even before Nintendo Power, right? When Nintendo Power it was, was like the year it came out. Okay, that was the year. 
Fall 88. That's so crazy to think that someone worked at Nintendo Power for that long. Yeah, that's really cool. That's a lot of counselors' corners. <laughs> uh, online pro, Andy picks Boogerman. <laughs> nice. He says, thank you, Boogerman, for reminding us all not to take our jobs too seriously. This game doesn't have the best play control or the most advanced graphics, but it is goofy, fun to play, and true to its do you guys remember play control? That was a term that existed in this industry. Uh, he picks a, a, a Game Boy game called Pro Dart. He picks a darts game for Game Boy. When I first heard about this game, I was extremely unexcited. I reluctantly picked it up to write a review, but after a few turns, I ended up carrying it around with me for a few. And now it's just something we're forced to do in Final Fantasy. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess I did play the, uh, the darts game. Uh, Power Pro Allen also picks, uh, Bionic Commando Elite Forces, which is the Game Boy, uh, Bionic Commando, which is very good. Earthbound, it's funny, it's weird, it's perfect. I bawled when I found out Earthbound 64 was canceled. The greatest <laughs> game to grace any Nintendo system ever. Earthbound. He also picks Double Dribble. The first cager to have dramatic close-ups of slam dunks. I've never I don't know what the term cager means. Yeah, we're not we're not uh exactly sports files. Is that what That's they call true. them? That's true. Sport sporto files. <laughs> Power Pro George picks Maniac Mansion, uh which is which is one of my favorite games of all time. He also picks Quirk on the Game Boy, which Sam mm-hmm. I think we've talked about recently. He also picks the Street Fighter 2 port to Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Which is just, just such an unusual unusual that's the way to experience it black and white slow terrible play control two buttons and then online pro dan has spent the last 12 years at nintendo wow Hmm. power pro sonia sonia's reign of terror at nintendo power has lasted for more than 10 years these are like some real real nintendo power veterans that are working here this time that's really cool yeah uh dan says dan picks kickle cubicle for the nes one of the greatest Action puzzle games ever, plus the name is just awesome. Say yeah. it over and over again. Yeah, I do frequently. It's a game about kicking cubes, so name don't lie. He also says about Willow NES, Willow is what Zelda 2 should have been. Yeah, Ooh. well, it's a, it's a top-down Zelda game, but, you know, it's also Willow, and it's pretty janky. Um, all right. Those are all the highlights. That was good. Yeah. So I, I mentioned that Nathan had a, a 20 question specifically for Sam, but it's like super hard mode that really no one would have a chance of guessing except for Sam. So I have another, a, a real one that we'll do first. And then if Sam wants to stick around for his, we okay. can do that. So that brings us to video game 20 questions. Our suggestion this week comes from two boyfriends, Will and Jared in Lafayette, Louisiana. And I assume that's a callback to a few episodes ago when we got a suggestion from one husband and one wife. <laughs> yeah. This week it's from two boyfriends. Cool. Let... Okay. The questioning begin. Hmm. First person view. Does this game use a first person view? Yeah. How is that a different question? A different question than what? Than what she asked. I I didn't hear what she asked. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were just rephrasing it in a weird Damon way. No, I didn't hear her. All right, so not not first person. This is not a first person game. Okay. Could this game have appeared in the, uh, that issue of Nintendo whatever? No. Okay. Mm. Uh, 
does this game do you uh pilot vehicles in this game mm, i can't say i don't know <laughs> um, <laughs> hold on hold on hold on hold on <laughs> i know that uh i you do not i i, I don't know so we don't need to ask no, if it's a Damien game. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's true. That's a freebie. <laughs> uh, is this a multiplayer game? No. Is it an exclusive to a platform? No. Mm. Is this on current gen consoles? Uh, there is a way to play it on a current gen console. Okay. I don't like that. But it did not get a, a did it did not get a release on current gen console. Oh. But then what's the way to play it? Oh, so like a oh, backward compatibility thing? Yeah. Is this a, a Xbox 360 era game? Yes. Okay. Was it on uh what was GameCube? Gosh, I'm getting so mixed up. Between we we or Wii U. Was this on Wii? No. Okay. No. Is it a sci-fi game? Of a sort, yeah. Was this game developed <laughs> in Japan? Yes. Hmm. Is it an RPG? Yes. That's 10. Nice. RPG semi-sci-fi game? Yeah, like Xenoblade? Yeah. It's a part of a series? Probably, Probably like cy- cyberpunk stuff. Um, it, is, it is part of a series. Okay. Is it a license, based on a license? No. Did Square Enix make it? Yes. Well, then. Uh, what was that? Was, was Lost Odyssey a Square Enix RPG from that gen? I don't really know. I wasn't playing a lot of Japanese RPGs in that era. Is this part of the uh, uh, Final Fantasy series? Yes. Is this... Okay. Did Does this game... I don't know. I think it's Final Fantasy 13. I'm trying to figure out how to like narrow it down. Yeah, did they make does this game Star Lightning? Yes. That's 15. Shit. Does 13 have a sequel? Yeah, but it's yeah, it's got two sequels. Is this the is this the first <laughs> game that starred Lightning? Yes. Is it Final Fantasy 13? Yes, Final Fantasy 13. Wow. Good nice work. Moves. Is that, that the was, fastest one in a while? Yeah, that was really efficient. Yeah, yeah. seriously. It took I mean, us like 15, yeah. but we knew it by 15. That's yeah. the, the backwards compatibility thing actually helped me because um, after I finished 7, I was just thinking about, like, I think I want to play Final Fantasy 13. I think I want to give it another shot. And I was figuring out how to do that. Like, you can't play it on a PS4, but it is, like, since Xbox backwards compatibility is, like, so good and strong, like, that yeah. is a good way to play that game now. It's huh. even been... Um... Uh, modernized for uh, Xbox One X. Yeah, sorry, that's what I meant. And uh, and it's on Steam as well, if anyone's mm-hmm. interested. Yeah. Nice. That's a good one. Well done, well, everyone. For people with hard stops, you're welcome to leave, I guess. Do you, am I going to stick around for this nonsense? Yeah. Right. And everyone is also welcome to stay if you want. But yeah. I'll, I'll bear witness. Okay. okay. Uh, I do have to hop out. Thank you. All for right, Justin. As always. Hard out, Justin. Thanks, Justin. Bye. Have yeah, a good one. Bye. Okay, uh, as, a, as a hint, remember this is from Nathan, uh, and Nathan says, it's one of the few games I could ever get my Redacted to play with me because Redacted enjoyed Redacted in it, even though it had a Redacted. What? 
That's Let cute. the questioning begin. So it's maybe like my dad and, liked playing it because it had hockey in it. But... <laughs> and feel free to participate, Tina. Yeah. Okay. Please. I'll Helps lead it in, in the opposite direction. <laughs> Is this from before 1990? Um, no. 90s kids will remember. Um, is this on a Nintendo platform? Yes. Is it on the Super Nintendo? No. Is it on the Nintendo 64? No. Boy. Um, so it's on either their portable system or the Virtual Boy. Which, but you wouldn't play that with somebody. Um, I have to imagine you played the game if it's for you. Yeah, or it could just be like a collector-y game. Mm-hmm. Um, is this a... Uh, I mean, I'm just going to have to keep on asking the, the consoles. Is this an NES game? Yes. Okay, NES That's 90s fine. game. I can actually get, get these pretty well, usually. It might be Panic Restaurant. See, I, I played you this game... I you already asked if we mentioned it. <laughs> well, I played this game with my chef because he really liked that it had screaming hot dogs on the cover. I mad libs mm-hmm. it. Um, <laughs> very sarcastic. Mm-hmm. Um, let's do. Uh, uh, is this based on a license? No. Is it a sports game? No. Um, is this a game about uh, killing people? Um, I guess you, oh, it it is not a game about killing people. So people was the thing he stressed there. Mm -hmm. So it could be robots or animals. Is this a game about killing animals or dinosaurs? Yeah. Is this a game about killing animals? Uh, Presumably they're dead after you're done with them. So zombie animals or just zombies? Mm -hmm. Or uh, they're dead after you're done with them maybe means that they're like not knocked knocked off screen or unconscious or something mm, mm, i see like you're just you're just it's it's rated uh, yeah it's pg mm-hmm. is this a top-down game yeah i think you would say that that's 10 by the way well you'd think i would say that i think anybody would say that okay yeah uh, is this uh does this have puzzles in it yes okay I'm thinking this is Fire and Ice, Kickle Cubicle, or The Ventures of Lolo, or Scheherazade, or something like that. Um, do you push blocks around in this? Yes. Did I mention the game already? Yes. <laughs> wow. I don't know where to go with this. Uh, is this a game about ice cubes? Yes. Is it called Fire and Ice? Wait, that's your guess? No, is it Kickle Cubicle? <laughs> yeah, is, uh, I'm thinking it's Fire and Ice. Uh, uh, do I have to make it official? Yes, but remember, if you guess wrong, you lose. Oh, okay. Don't, right. don't guess Fire and Ice. <laughs> um, is this a game about uh, the uh, element? I think you only have a guess left, right? No, he's at 14. Oh, okay. Is this a game about, you know, the, the fundamental elements of the planet? No, that's 15. Okay. Is this a game about kicking? Yes. Well, I mentioned this earlier. How could this be? Uh, is this a game that's a part of a series? No. I don't know enough about Kickle Cubicle to make this happen. Is this a game that has a really hard to read cover? Hard to read what? 
cover? No. That's Shahrazad has that. Um, all right, is the kickle cubicle? Nice. Yes. <laughs> what, why didn't I mention this earlier? What do you mean mention it? Yeah, it was in, it was in, it. it was in that issue of Nintendo Power. Yeah, and didn't I say is the game that this guy wasn't that the game that I said is is this game did something I mentioned already and it was kickle cubicle. No. He, he answered I, yes I said, to. I said you have mentioned, mentioned the game. Yeah. No, I just thought I asked that earlier in the episode. Earlier, you thought it was Panic Restaurant. Oh, okay. You're getting... Yeah, and for the previous round, you asked if we'd mentioned it before, which was a no. Or no, no, you asked if it was in the Nintendo Power Edition. Okay. Yeah. Which was a no oh. because it wasn't, but this one was. But we yeah. had talked about Kickle Cubicle. That's amazing. It's, right. a, no. it's a bonus subscription 20 questions. Yeah. what it is. Uh, would, we, would we have gotten that had we not read that issue of the magazine? I don't know. I don't know. That's up to was. you, Sam. Uh, Nathan says, uh, it's one of the few games I could ever get my dad to play with me because he enjoyed figuring out the solutions to puzzles, uh, even though it had a cutesy art style. That's really cool. I like that. And, uh, I've, I've actually never played that game, but it looks cool. I wanna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check it out. Mm-hmm. And you do. <laughs> it's so weird that it has ice blocks in it. Yeah. I love that. Um, Pango. All right. Well, that brings us uh, to the end of uh, another episode. Not as many technical issues this time. I'm happy about that. Yeah, and people don't know this, but we go on podcasting until the end of the day for about three or four more hours now. It's just we don't record it for you guys. It's just yep. <laughs> it goes in the hear those. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, they're really fun. They're really yeah. interesting and fun and informative because yeah. we're. Great to hear talk. So yeah. you know, there's that. But like you guys, yeah. Game scoop is like the warm up. Yeah. <laughs> all right, that's all the scoops we have for you this week. Uh, thank you, Sam. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Borba. Working behind thank the you. scenes. <laughs> Remember, you can always reach us at the email address gamescoop at ign.com. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop, and we're out.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.